0: This episode of Briefly is brought to you by Hammett Sound. If you just bought a new big screen TV and have a nice sound system for it and you want to get the most out of it in your house, Hammett Sound actually creates customized acoustic panels to make your sound system look and sound amazing. They create them from scratch using the specs of your room and your TV to create a really great audio experience right in your home. To learn more about what Hammett Sound can do for your home or business, go to hammettsound.com. That's H-A-M-M-A-T-T Sound.com. In this episode, I sit down with Matt Lovett. Matt is the owner of Pure Fitness and Yoga. We had a great talk about his business, how it got started, what his overall business philosophy is, um, as well as what it takes to really start a fitness business in New Orleans. It's a great episode. I went to his studio. It's a great space. Check it out and enjoy the episode.
1: My name is Matt Lovett. I have a private personal training studio where I, I do customized training sessions for a um, variety of people. I do athletes. I do old, older guys that can afford it. I do motivation. I toss in yoga. And there's strategies doing all this stuff. And I think I have a unique resume. Yeah, um, I was always, like, obsessed about it uh, growing up. Like, I remember when I was in high school, this, uh, this girl broke up with me because another guy was more attractive. And I said, what's the difference? And she <laughs> said, uh, he's hot and you're cute. Oh, dang. I said, "Well, what makes a guy hot?" And she said, "He's got muscles." So I said, "Okay, that's it.
0: I'm getting uh, muscles." Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's so, on. So then, and um, I'm reading bodybuilding books, working out, you know, and just seeing that my body could actually change. I was like so surprised and so amazed by it that like I had so much control. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went and played college soccer. I was always a very busy soccer player. I didn't know that. Where'd you where'd you go to college? Seton um, Area. I played Division One soccer there. Okay. And um, so there, I, I went to a seminar once, and it was this woman that was telling me, like, all these foods were bad, and, like, you have to eat just these foods. So for, like, months, I just ate, like, fruits, vegetables, oatmeal, and, like, tilapia fish. <laughs> and um, I'm at practice one day, and, like, I, I got really ripped up. And I'm at practice one day. And we practiced for three hours, and we're doing wind sprints at the end of practice. And um, I'm like outrunning everybody by 10, 20 yards. And the captains are like whispering, like yelling at me, like, slow down, slow down, slow down. You're making us all look bad. <laughs> but my diet was so clean. I guess like inflammation was real low and my energy was so up, things were performing so well. So then again, I was like, man, I really have control over things. Yeah. So it just always sparked my interest. And then um, after college, there was this guy named Mackie Shillstone who would uh, train professional athletes. Riddick Bow. right now we train Serena Williams, he trained Peyton Manning, and he was opening this new facility with East Jefferson Hospital in New Orleans. And um, I had read all of his books, because he had lots of good data. So I went to interview for that, dot, for that job, got the job immediately, and then spent five years working next to him. And this guy would wake up and read medical journals. Wow! And he would underline them every day. And he would leave all the underlying medical journals that he's had for like 10 years at work. So I'm just flipping through like all the cliff notes. Just absorbing. Yeah. And he's got these programs that he updated and updated for 30, 40 years. And... um so, I got to see all of that, and we, and we would take these clients and we'd test them and we'd do these weight loss programs. We had a variety of tests that we did to put them in specific training zones and do specific things with them. And, and we'd, we'd measure their body fat with a CAT scan machine. So, everything it's like was like
0: experimental stuff, or is it like, no, what, this what, is what like, kind of stuff?
1: Like, we would test, um, it's called a DEXA where it's like an, a CAT scan of your body fat. We would do a, a VO2 stress test and see where their heart rate crossed anaerobic so we know their training zone and we know their fat-burning zone. Mm-hmm. we do a metabolic test to see how many calories they burned per day. We'd use pedometers to see how many steps they took. This is way before pedometers were ever popular. This is,
0: Fitbits. This yeah. is before
1: that. This is like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. And um, so getting to work with all this data... And then working inside of a hospital and seeing how there are some limitations and there are some philosophical contradictions inside the hospital, but there's also some useful stuff there too. And seeing it from that perspective. And um, well, during all this, I was, um, I was always an aggressive person with working <laughs> out, with lifting weights, and unfortunately with like partying <laughs> and like having fun and staying out late and um, with supplements, with uh, Tylenol and Advil and whatever. And um, I kind of got to a point where I was trashing my body too much and way too young, and things really caught up with me. But you were also
0: working out a lot, too, so you it, thought it was, it was, it was, just was a, all good. It was a
1: variety of stresses, though. Like, I thought like the exercise might, detox, you know, might make up for the other stuff, but it was really just mm-hmm. more stress on my body yeah. and my organs. And then I went to a, to, to a doctor once, and, and, and she said, if you have pain, then take Advil, take Tylenol. And I'm doing that while I'm binge drinking. I mean, very bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> That's what young times are for. Exactly. But, the, but, but this uh, did some really bad things to in my intestines, caused a number of problems throughout several systems in my body, and I went down and I went to doctors. I went to, I had orthopedic injuries, so I went to acupuncturists, massage therapists, doctors, chiropractors physical therapist and they couldn't solve my orthopedic problems. So I'm like, man, these guys don't know what they're talking about. What well, the time? I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> um, because my body wouldn't adapt. Yeah. The, my insides just weren't functioning right. There was too many things wrong with me. Yeah. So I kept digging and digging and digging. And I was like, you know what? I was just thinking about the orthopedic side of things. I was like, I'll fix these problems myself. So I, um, I get like the most awesome, dense physical therapy, textbook and I don't learn like the the trainer stuff, the the, the trainer screen. I learn like the evaluation and the deep flow charts. I remember when I got this book, I was like, I'll never read this. This is way too complex. Mm -hmm. But I was in so much pain and I was so desperate that like I read every page and I put myself through these things over and over again, Yeah, through all these little protocols. And as I'm doing it, I'm I'm like, my body heals for like a day, but then like this inflammation comes back and all this joint pain comes back. And I had all these other symptoms too with dry eyes and bladder problems and uh, just multiple joint issues, sleep problems, stuff like that, the whole system was down. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as I'm learning all this stuff, I'm still training and I'm still practicing this on my clients. And they're adapting, at least the healthy ones, the ones that live healthy, yeah. and they're, they're adapting very well. And I got really good at correcting movement, correcting injuries, learning how to work with foam rollers and massage balls and which stretches and corrective exercises, fix stuff. And then, then I would kind of overcorrect people and like they came for personal training. They, they, they didn't come for all this. Yeah. So, so in time, I learned where that went. But, so, you adapted you your business, or you were you
0: in business at this point? Like, this was, I had training? transferred
1: from working with Mackie, and now I'm working with physical therapist to, to, to understand this whole healing process better. Mm-hmm. But you were independent? Um, no, I'm working for a physical therapy clinic. Okay, you were with yeah. Okay. And, um, and then I'd start to see the habits of the patients that would come in repeatedly with if someone's got like multiple joint issues. Mm. Now, we've got something that's probably going on systemically. And if, if it's one injury, okay, then maybe it just needs to be released here or there, and then the body will just start to correct and heal. But if things aren't healing, and there's multiple injuries, maybe like there's like a dehydration in the body, maybe there's too much stress on the body from some angle, one, you know, somewhere.
0: So you're looking more holistically instead of just exactly. one off things. If there's multiple
1: joint issues or chronic injuries that aren't going away. Mm-hmm. So I learned all this stuff, and then I. Um, I figured out that like I'm, I'm not healing. So then I started to dig deeper into like other, like I read every health book, tried every diet and saw everyone's opinion and saw what worked. And you see, you know, different strategies with contradicting tactics. And it's like, who needs what, when, and where does it go? And, and I was telling you before the, the, the podcast, something I've learned as a trainer was before I would take, I would evaluate someone's, you know, holistic lifestyle. And I would say, all right, where is the smallest change we can make to get the biggest impact as soon as possible? And that's how I used to treat clients. But it's kind of like I'm telling them what they need to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I learned in time was um, I, I, I need to figure out like how I'm their tool. So I'll sit down with them and, and, and I'll say, what do you want to fix? Because they're in charge. I'm not in charge. And how do I fit into your life? Do you need yoga and stretching and this stuff do you need to train like an athlete and move better do you need weight loss do we have to sit down and talk about how to keep you motivated and there's some pretty interesting motivational tactics that have picked up through the years Um, and I'll just mention one or
0: two of them yeah I, I was reading a little bit you mentioned like accountability is a huge thing to keep you kind of yeah. on
1: track. You, you really have to tap into someone's emotions and put pressure on the situation, especially if there's no, if there's not a wedding or there's not a serious situation involved, and they're just kind of like, "Yeah, I want to get better." You have to create this. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing I did recently was, um, like, I, I tell my clients, "I need you to write me a check for two hundred dollars to some kind of cause that you don't like." <laughs> so, so at first it was like, "I'll write this to like you know something evil." And then, you know, if they don't reach their <laughs> goals, I'll deposit that
0: check. What are some evil things? I'm curious. Like, you could write it to like like Trump. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Which, you know, is one way or the
1: other. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, like, I couldn't deposit the check to like the KKK. Right. Or like something horrible like that. I'm like, well, if they don't reach their goals now, I got to deposit this check. Yeah. <laughs> so what I realized was That's I can funny. find things that are like... Um, if you're in New Orleans as LSU fans, so make them write a check to Alabama. Oh, okay. So if I send a check to Alabama, I mean, I'm not super into the sports stuff, so it doesn't bother, like, it's, it's still not, it's not an evil thing for my soul, right? You
0: just tap into whatever bothers them. Yeah. And and I, and <laughs> hold it over them. Exactly.
1: And I went to a certain high school, so there's a rival high school, so you donate to them. Yeah. So I find, okay, you write this check, and you've got these goals, and, and if I don't get screenshots of you doing whatever homework we assign, then I'm depositing that check. Yeah. So I've created some pressure on the situation.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And it works? Get good results from that? It's the best
1: results I've gotten. And then with the at-home stuff, just removing people's willpower and decision-making. So like, I'll just give them an interval timer to to use at home and it'll ding every 25 seconds and every 10 seconds. So you work out for 25, you rest for 10. You work out for 25, you rest for 10. And I give them just like five exercises. Mm -hmm. And you just have to just keep repeating these and it's really simple stuff. But people don't want my clients at least, most of them, they don't want to learn a lot about this. They just want a good workout. Yeah, They, they don't want to focus
0: they on to They don't want to think get, about it. They yeah. just want somebody to tell them what to do. Yes. I can relate to that. I yeah. know exactly what you
1: mean. Yeah, and they, they don't want to have to focus because they've got so many things to focus on already in their lives. Right. So if you put a timer on, they don't have to decide when they start and when they stop and counting reps and all this stuff. So you can automate and streamline so it's less, less exhausting. Less barriers
0: for them. Exactly. Just makes it to where they just have to go. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Well, I want to get into a little bit more about your business itself. Um, so it's Pure Fitness. How long have you been how long have you been owning and operating Pure Fitness?
1: It's been five years. Five years. Yeah. It's how between, it been so far. It's between Old Metairie and, and, and Lakeview.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's been good. I um I I'm busier than I've ever been. And I feel like if I, if I train clients that I trained three or four years ago, now they come in and I feel like I'm just sharper and better and giving more of an impact.
0: Yeah. You've gotten the kinks out and you know what you're doing and, and, well, and not, you didn't know what you're doing, but
1: in three years, I'll be a lot better. I think Yeah, that's
0: great. You're evolving. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a, I'm also a fellow new business owner. And I think a lot of times I'll run into people and I always pick their brain about, you know, how, how there's a lot of things we could relate to each other on and, as an entrepreneur, what are some things that you've learned that you would share with someone not necessarily in your, in this industry in the health or fitness industry, but just in general, what have you learned?
1: Um, starting a new business, have very low overhead yes, and keep it lean f- yes, and find ways to test your ideas that don't cost money because a lot of times i don't think taking risks are necessary, yeah like my overhead at, at my studio, the lease is very, very cheap, and the build out I mean, it might've cost me $10,000 that I kind of paid over a year Mm -hmm. just, just buying new equipment and stuff. Yeah. Got to a point where I paid $2,000 to put a mural on my wall because I just had the money and it was really cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it helps the space for sure. I mean, we're for all people listening right now, we're in the space right now. It's a great little spot and it's really easy to find. Uh, This mural just adds an extra, you know, layer of color to this place. Yeah. it's awesome.
1: It was a plain white wall, and this is a lot better.
0: Yeah. Something to look at. Some kind of focal point for the room. Um, So, yeah, in general, besides, you know, that, as a business owner, how do you typically market yourself? I mean, I've kind of heard your sales pitch throughout your thing. You know, you always say... Where lives get longer people get stronger and dreams come true yeah
1: p- epiness and yoga where people get stronger lives get longer and dreams come true love it
0: so yeah. ha- when you meet somebody you know besides besides saying that what is your what is your sell to them what are you what's your when you go to approach your ideal customer? What do you, how does that conversation
1: go? Um, my ideal customer is like figuring out, you know, what is their problem? So it's consulting. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really listening, you know, like mm-hmm. actually listening yeah. and saying, oh, that's your problem. And then maybe sharing a story of how I had a client that had that problem and here's how we solved it. But really as much listening as possible and honestly know who your, your clientele is. So I know my, my, my first question to them is where do you live?
0: Oh, location. Because with exercise, yeah.
1: if you live in, you know, Kenner or on or, or on the West Bank, I've got some people that come from Kenner and on the West Bank, but 90% of my clientele that sticks and stays in is repeatable business comes from like a four mile radius or yeah. something
0: like that. That's true. It's, all, it's, it's part of your everyday life. It has to be convenient or yeah. else that's another barrier you got to remove for sure.
1: Yeah. And I'm more willing to like, all right, let me really find a spot in my schedule for the people that are probably going to stick more.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a better investment.
1: Um, yeah, so, new, you know, exactly what that profile is. And, you know, if it's, if it's people that are younger, for example, that don't have as much income, well, you know, I've got clients that'll come three times a week and pay me $200 a week. And then I've got, you know, and they're doing great. But then I've got clients who are younger that can only afford like, let's say 40 bucks a week or 40 bucks every two weeks and I'll give them at home workouts and, and I'll do, you know, let's write a check and like have the, the accountability there. Mm-hmm. So That's I right. scale things for those people and I'll guide them towards That's cool. those decisions. Yeah. That's
0: cool. So you can do stuff like, and how, how do you keep somebody accountable besides like, you mentioned like texting pictures of what you're doing. Is that is that also with like their diet as well? Or is that, are you just focused on just fitness? Um, I, You know, that's what I
1: do when I'm here training them. That's mm-hmm. that's the conversation that we're having the whole time we're here. We're not talking about things that are not as relevant to exercise and health. It's yeah. so like, okay, what'd you eat today? All right, and because people aren't going to just, you know, take this ideal diet that I have over here and overhaul what they're doing. Yeah, I have to take inventory of what they're doing. And then start to say, well, do you like this? Do you like this? Think about this change. Think about this small shift. Think about this small shift. And then it's kind of like a cruise shift incrementally. that you just kind of shift over a little bit, shift over a little bit. And now you're going in a much better di- direction over time.
0: Yeah. So it's small changes. It's much more um, palatable instead of trying to get somebody to change their life, which won't be, you know, won't stick for the long term.
1: Exactly. The, the, the smaller those changes are, the harder they can stay. And like, I do honestly have clients that like, I train them for years and we really get things under control in the first few months. And then, because, you know, to get here, all right, here's a good example is I've got older guys that are on medications and at the end of the workout, I'll, I'll, I'll put them into deep stretches and they'll come back in and I'll put them back into these deep stretches weeks and weeks and weeks and they don't budge. And I'm like, why am I even doing this? That <laughs> They're not getting more flexible. Mm-hmm. And from my experience with my own personal yoga practice, which I have a lot of that, I, I learned that electrolytes and magnesium um, really soften up your muscles and make you more pliable. So adding that in, I was able to see that they started to get deeper into these stretches. hmm and so just adding those little small pieces in, I forgot, what was the question that asked me? I totally got lost.
0: <laughs> no, like um, th- doing those small little changes and being able to people keep people accountable um, while they're at home, what are those things that you're able to do to help them stay accountable? Besides like taking pictures and stuff like that, is it more um, like you you give them the little change about their food or you learn a little bit more about their, you said taking inventory of what they're doing. Um, from there, how does it really how do you keep them on on track you know someone's like do you believe them if they're saying oh I eat this or I did this at home like how do they can you tell if someone's lying or if they're they're skipping out on some exercises
1: you know I really wish I knew how often people lie to me
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say I can definitely see people lying to
1: you yeah I
0: did did 50 crunches when I got home or I did yeah I did lunches for sure I mean if
1: if they're gonna lie they're gonna lie and I'm not gonna waste time thinking about it too much yeah
0: definitely Well, uh, I guess I can transition to more of the future of your industry. So you seem like you've done a lot of learning over the years about how it's changed, about what people perceive as healthy and and having a well-balanced, you know, healthy life and fitness and nutrition. Um, What is a current trend that's happening right now that you think is beneficial and will will actually have learned science-based trends? And what do you think is the future
1: um, I think you're seeing like like that this ketogenic diet has really taken off keto season. And I was doing that <laughs> for like years, yeah. y- years ago. Took so much to where I did it too much and started having problems. And now I've, I've got this paper on my on my blog where it, it describes the dangers and the risks and the benefits and who's it for. Yeah, that's one trend. Um, well, you know what I've noticed from being a business owner in New Orleans, and this is good for people that are from New Orleans starting businesses if you go and take seminars on how to run a fitness training center from group classes to to personal training in other cities, you'll see like marketing with social media and Yelp or whatever is really effective at getting strangers to come into your gym. But New Orleans is a different animal because this city it's not transient. It's got roots. It's got traditions. It's got sometimes conservative fixed mind settings that can be, yeah. you know, frustrating. But it's got, you know, I've got friendships I've had my entire life and other cities just don't have that. Yeah, so people the community. Are, yeah, so in my industry, there's this semi-private format where you train three people at once. So that caught on in other cities and it's a very profitable way to kind of put put clients together and maximize your uh, time. Mm-hmm. Well, and... and, and in New Orleans, people don't like to meet new people as much. <laughs> they know who they know. Exactly. And they stick to those friendships. So that business model has been tried here a few times, and it has not worked out very well. Yeah. And that's why I'm still on the one-on-one customized, little bit of a high-ender thing. Because, And then the really saturated group classes, are, that didn't work either for me. Yeah. Um, and then you notice in New Orleans... Well, I guess that's all I have to say about the uh, the difference between New Orleans and other places.
0: Yeah. So you've noticed a lot more about people's relationship with fitness and exercise in general. is a lot more private, or it's a lot more um, tried-and-true methods that they, they know about, or what?
1: What's more, their, their social relationships are yeah. not going to change. Um, but just in general, you know, like health and fitness is you know some people get confused they think like oh well that must be a great place to train because we have a lot of unhealthy people down here the thing is they don't value it a whole lot so there's not a, as much business down here it might be easier in other cities right but it, so it, it's definitely harder here
0: i was going to ask about that if it's such a such a food city such a drinking city just partying in general people are i guess two ways. They're, they're trying to counteract that stuff that they're always doing. I mean, we're in the middle of Mardi Gras right now, or on it's the, on the end, uh, the beginning of it. Yeah. And do you find more people come at certain times a year to do, is it what's a seasonal thing? You know,
1: you would think that New Year's would, would, would be a big bump, but for me, because of Mardi Gras, I think, football season ends, but but, but then Mardi Gras comes in, so you don't get that New Year's bump, plus the weather's bad, P- people don't like getting out. But April, Lent, Uh, swimsuit season I think is what motivates people right before Mm -hmm. summer Uh and on that New Orleans thing um, something interesting, I've got all these different programs that I've just kind of just surfaced through the years of, of training. I, I've got men's lifting program mixed with yoga. I've got alignment programs. I've got deep yoga stretches. I've got high-intensity cardio. I've got all these, these little programs like for, for posture, for uh, girls that want a nice butt or whatever. <laughs> well, I developed one program because I kept having the same issue, and it's the hangover workout. Nice. I Sweat have clients nice. that— Sweat it all out. Yeah, well, they're coming in. And they're hungover. And this has happened enough times to where, like, all right, so exercise where they're not bending over, where, where their head's not shaking around, where are not lifting too heavy. They're kind of standing upright, just getting some simple blood flow. Because, you know, it's a business. If they don't show up,
0: the business can't go on. Wow, that's incredible. And I, I like to hang out, hang, hang over, workout. <laughs> it's great to sweat it out. It's better than nothing, you know? Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I don't have any more questions. This has been, it's been awesome. I keep it short and sweet. Um, do you have anything going on or anything uh, you want to plug uh, on the podcast, your website or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I think the best way to uh, get in touch with me is to go to my website, loveitlife.com. L O V I T T L I F E dot com and and on there you'll see my story and you'll see my experience and it's f- from a marketing perspective the best thing I ever did was sit down and write down my life story of why I do what I do and it took me about 20 pages I wrote wow and then I cut that down into like five pages and just cut it down and cut and I kept working on cutting that story down and editing that story and if you're trying to market you know that Simon Seneca book why yeah um I kept editing that story and anybody that goes to my website and really reads that story and resonates with it, I get a lot of phone calls from that story. That's probably the best residual piece of marketing thing I ever did.
0: That's really cool. And it's, I know we didn't talk about much marketing on here, but that's a great way to look at it in terms of just learning. You know you know who you are. People know your, your selling point, but having your story, it gives you so much practically it gives you so much tangible pieces of content you can use videos blogs whatever it is telling your story is just like not only an honest place for people to start and learn about you but it's it keeps giving on going on and giving
1: yeah and i'm you know i'm not into like the marketing as much like i'll have the instagram page and doing that does help yeah just some of, of your videos in people's minds but um i like the fact that like i can edit it here and there but like that's one piece of work i did that it keeps paying yeah and i don't have to keep feeding it
0: right it's not going to change either. I mean, it's really, it's who you are and people respect that and they can see the authenticity there for sure. Yeah. as a person. Well, cool. Thanks so much. Thank you, man. Thanks so much guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like it, hit that subscribe button and I'll see you next time.